All right, what's up, Stu? What's up, Kevin? What are we talking about today? Well, today is going to be a different kind of episode. Um, it's not like our typical format where we're maybe having a coffee, talking about a specific topic. Uh, today we are actually uh, drink, forming, drinking some brew, uh, a little bit of beer. What do you got? What do you got over there? I got the Oktoberfest Samuel Adams. Okay. I've got the Spruce Lager Samuel Adams. So Nice. Yeah, I think I got this pack from Costco, and it's been pretty good. It's pretty good, man. It's been yeah. coffee. Um, has a different effect than coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Calms you down. So uh, I guess we're talking about something a little bit different today. We're, we're free-forming it. Yeah. And I, uh, Yeah, I mean, I think like we kind of had an idea for this podcast. It's like, maybe we can share some of the things that we're going through and we see as our challenges and kind of sharing that with you guys um, to kind of uh, give you some insight on our lives and kind of how we're navigating our challenges um, and in hopes that you might find it useful. So we're going to get up close and personal. Up close and personal. And vulnerable. And vulnerable. Scary stuff, guys. Scary stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Uncharted territory. Yeah. All right. So, what's your, um, what, are, what do you feel like your, what's your biggest challenge right now? I think my biggest challenge is just finding, it's more work related, more than um, personal life or family life issues. It's more so just at workplace, just finding that that fire or that that uh, extra push to go for what you want uh, without getting too specific at work because um, you know there's non-disclosure stuff that we shouldn't um, disclose but um, you know just kind of feeling that your your position within the company may not be valued as much as you had felt before you know so kind of stuff like that um, yeah uh, what, what about you Hmm. So what do you, well, let's dive deeper in that. What do you mean by like, you, like you just don't feel valued recognition isn't there. Um, yeah, recognition, but it's also feeling like a zero sum game, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not even sure if I'm using that term right, but it's a net zero game. Someone has to gain something and it's kind of like the piece of the pie is getting smaller and smaller for everyone. There's more slices of the pie, but the pie necessarily hasn't gotten bigger. Mm hmm. And it just feels that each each and every individual within the same position is kind of having to struggle over the same small piece of pie. Mm -hmm. And it's not how, I guess, I would like to approach the work, workspace. I always feel that there's a lot of abundance, but because of the, the metric-driven nature of my, my job, it requires you to be on top of it in terms of metrics, you know. Mm -hmm. If you're not hitting your metrics, you're not uh, meeting requirements, then it becomes more stressful, right? Um, it also becomes more stressful in other people because you might, myself, for example, I might have the tendency to want to help people, but because there's just so many people being onboarded in the same position, you might not be as experienced. I feel like by helping them, they might come back at me and say, well, why aren't you doing your task and carrying your, your share of the pie? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Uh, and it just becomes sort of this, there's a conflict of interest, you know, it just becomes sort of this thing where it's like, okay, do I do the right thing or do I just focus on myself? You know, do I just not care about anything and just focus on myself, cover my own ass and make sure that I'm fine 
forget everyone else. Because mm-hmm. that's ideally that's not what I want to do. But it's being put to the point where it almost feels as if it has to be that way. Mm-hmm. How are you overcoming that challenge right now? I or think perspective. Just, or, or trying to overcome trying it. Trying to overcome it. I think perspective is important. Um, what I mean by that is not necessarily being in denial of the situation, but understanding that um, this is all part of a transitional period, a transitional phase, um, you know, within the company that I work for. And that with any huge transition that's happening really quickly, there's bound to be growing pains. Um, there are a couple ways that I've thought about approaching this. One is just, you know, keeping your head down and just doing what you're supposed to do until things work itself out. But there's also another part of me that's thinking, well, in order to see the change, you have to voice the change, you know, be the voice of concern or be the voice of feedback. But at what level of risk and cost you have, I have to sort of determine, you know, is it, is it, is it the right time for me to voice the opinions or is it the time for me to just lay low and just keep, keep calm and go with the status quo? Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's no right or wrong way to go about this. I think there's a fine balance that I'm trying to, to sort of piece together in my own head and understand that not everything's going to go exactly your way. Things will never go exactly the way you planned, but within the confines of change, you have to determine how you're going to weather this storm. Hmm. How how have you shifted your perspective? I think the perspective is, you know, try not to worry yourself about too many things that are not within your control. Hmm. If you spread yourself too thin, like we've talked about in the past episodes, where you have this ball that has 10 force vectors pointing in 20 different directions, the ball just becomes stagnant. It cannot move anywhere. Um, just... Maybe sometimes it's not even necessary to have more arrows, you know, more directions to go. Just remove some arrows so that you can just focus on moving in the direction that you need to go. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not drifting too far off of where you need to be. Mm-hmm. You know, right now it feels more like, you know what, just focus on not drifting off for now. Maybe now is not the time to, um, I guess, chart out on a specific course. You know, the winds are very turbulent right now. There's a lot of waves in the ocean and right now it may not be the best time to navigate. Mm. Right now might be the best time to just anchor down, mm. you know, sort of stay steady. Yeah, there's that, there's a, a like a, a Buddhist proverb. I don't even know if it's a Buddhist proverb, but there's an analogy that says um, when the water has a lot of ripples, you cannot see the reflection clearly. You must wait mm. until the water settles until you can see the reflection clearly in order to make your decision. Yeah, I think that's a really, really good visualization and analogy because a lot of times when there's a lot of ripples, the tendency is to want to ride the waves, ride the tides. We're getting really figurative here, metaphorical, but um, sometimes the best course of action is not to ride that wave because it's very turbulent. You know, you have to wait until, sorry, this this is very hoppy beer. I'm trying to burp. No, you're good. Pulling down the burp. (laughs) you have to kind of wait for the, the waves because waves are cyclical, right? You have to wait for the waves to calm down. And once they're calm, you can, like you said, look at the reflection and make a clear decision. You know, don't just make a decision based on emotion or based on uh, frustration. 
you know, sure. don't make a brash decision when, sure. when things are turbulent. Sure. Yeah. Sure. What do you think about that? No, I, Can you relate? Can you... <laughs> yeah, I think my challenges are, um, let's see what my challenges are right now. I think right now it's been a lot more controlled, but I think a lifelong challenge for me has been learning to be patient and happy with where I'm at now. Mm. I think my biggest challenge is I always beat myself up for not being enough um, and not being where I think I should be. Um, and it's like, you know, you have, I feel like I have these, this vision of how I would want my life to be like, right? Mm -hmm. Yet it's also kind of creating somewhat of a toxic viewpoint for myself because I put so much pressure on me needing to be that that I lose that focus of who I need to be now and enjoy being that and uh, being able to be present and enjoy that moment. I think I, I, I've constantly... And worried about the destination. Yeah. About the journey. Exactly. And I think like... It's crazy because I have that tattooed on my arm, but like, I still. Str what does that tattoo say on your arm? For it's, those that can't see. Yeah, it says it's the journey that brings us happiness. Right. Right. And it's crazy, but I mean, it's. I feel like it's always that you have. To, I. I still need to remind myself. It's like, hey, look, just keep treading on, keep doing the right things, keep moving in the right direction or what you believe is the right direction. Now you can always adjust later. You can always improve later. Because without these, this current present moment, you can embrace it for what it is and take as much as you can out of that because that's all that you'll ever see and have. And so for me, I think my biggest challenge right now is like... Well, let me ask you this. Yeah. Um, because you feel this, this pressure, right? I think a lot of us can relate. We feel a certain amount of pressure expectations. Mm-hmm. Where do you think the source of this expectation is coming from? Do you think it's just inherently within you or do you think it has to do with external factors or do you think it has to do with circumstances? Yeah. You know, that's a good question. I think like, it's, it's, I think finding the source is also another way to have self-reflection. Yeah. But, you know, I think it's a good question. I think a lot of it's in the beginning was external. Mm -hmm. um, so like, in the beginning, I was like, oh, like, dang, look at this 16-year-old who just sold the company to Yahoo for, like, $10 million. Or like, oh, look at this, like, and what am 21. I doing with my life? What am I doing with my life? <laughs> or what about this 21-year-old who just, like, uh, got funding for $10 million for a startup? And it's like, damn, what am I doing with my life, right? And so, like, when you read things like that, you're just kind of like, oh, my God, you just read the headlines and you kind of like take it for what it is and you kind of have this comparison, which I found to be very, very toxic. And so now um, it's a lot more internal because sometimes I question myself is like, did I do the best that I could do? I don't know. And I think um, there I constantly struggle with indecision because of that, because it's like, um, 
is this the best that I could put forward or is it not, right? Even with creative projects, it's kind of also the same way. It's like, oh, is this the best that it could be? I don't know. And then you just delay your decision to put it out into the world. And I think even this podcast, I feel like is a practice of that for me because it's like... It's a form of meditation. Meditation, but it's also like a form of like, hey, I mean, even the format. I don't know if you guys have realized, but our format is very simple. Like we literally just hit the record button and we start talking, right? Yeah, there's no script. Yeah, there's zero zero script and we just (laughs) just go for it. And I think I've, I've been struggling with that of needing to control and be perfect. And I think that expectation, I don't know where it comes from, but it's kind of like... It's the perfectionist syndrome or something like that. The worry of the outcome. The worry of the outcome, I think. It's not good enough. If it's what not, if it could be better? Yeah. It, it comes back to that. The it's doubt like, the doubt comes in. Mm-hmm. I see. Yes. I mean, we were talking last week about, um, what is that book called? The, the Tao? The Tao Te Ching. The Tao Te Ching. Mm-hmm. Like you, you mentioned that you sometimes would read through that book. It's a very short book, right? Filled mm-hmm. with proverbs or verses mm-hmm. of just really nice bits of nuggets of wisdom. And I think it's a really different way of thinking from what a lot of philosophies or a lot of um, ideologies are like out there. Do you want to share a little bit about that and how, I guess, you it helps you self-reflect? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's been it's been really helpful in terms of reminding me to let go. I think the Tao is all about um, practicing presence, um, practicing um observing the world as it is and allowing yourself to uh surrender yourself to the world um and uh being a part of it in this eternal presence and i think every chapter kind of talks about great reminders or lessons on how to do that or um describes how the master would do that right yeah. right Um, And so I think that book has provided at least me with a lot of insight on how to navigate my day-to-day, how to frame certain situations in my life, um, how I should be framing certain things in my life, things like that. And I think it's been a a, a very useful book for me. And you you even showed me, I think, the first chapter. What was Mm -hmm. that? What was that line again where it had something to do with desire, Mm -hmm. but I, I can't remember the exact phrase but i i think it was a it was a really captivating phrase something about desire do you remember the two-line phrase uh something about about you're free from desire um you realize the mystery ah caught in desire what is it right yeah you gotta help me with the last part of that that (laughs) yeah well let's go pull up the book let me go grab the book real quick yeah that's okay free form in this all right what does that line say the first ver- verse yep so it's not the first verse but it's the third paragraph now so to speak and by the way we're referencing the Tao Te Ching um so translated by Stephen Mitchell um, and this is originally um a Chinese yeah it's a it, it Chinese scripture but it was translated by Stephen Mitchell um it's a pretty good translation I think um it's one of the most popular tra- translations right yeah out there yeah Uh, So the line that you were mentioning earlier was, free from desire, you realize the mystery. 
caught in desire, you only see the manifestations. So that. That's a deep one. I think you got to repeat that slowly. I think that's a really, really deep um, two-phrase line. Yeah. Free from desire, you realize the mystery. Caught in desire, you see only the manifestations. Right. And we were pondering that last week, and I was just sitting there, and for the life of me, I could not figure out what the hell does this mean. <laughs> right. But after pondering, pondering it some more, I... I and beginning to see what it what it actually means but how do you interpret that i mean the way i interpret it is in, in life there are a lot of times that we're focused on the desire that desire could be whatever material emotional financial spiritual thing that you're looking for to fulfill yourself when you're completely focused on it it says you see only the manifestations so Manifestations means just the, the bringing forth or the, the outcome of whatever it is you're looking for. You know, If you look for something, it will be there. It will just be reflective of every way, shape, and form of your life. For example, if you desire a negative outlook on life, no matter where you see your life, you will always see the negative, negative parts of it. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you focus on the positive, then you will only see the positive or you're more likely to see the positive things the things that are going right in your life um, but that first line i think is the real kicker which which is really really hard for the majority of people myself included probably yourself included which is why we're having this discussion which is freeing yourself from that desire i think when you when it says free yourself from that desire it, what it really means is at least the way i'm interpreting um is you have to take a step back completely and detach all your emotional connections or your emotional biases or whatever prejudice you have on a specific thing that you want and then you can kind of see wow like the the grandeur or the the mystery or the amazingness this of of what it is that you're looking at right like you desire maybe this car or you you take a step back and you're like you know let's say i don't desire having this car but I'm just marveling at, wow, what engineering went into making this thing a reality? You know, how many iterations of failures from hundreds of departments had to go into making this product, right? You look at the iPhone or you look at whatever great thing it is that you're after, you kind of wonder, like, how did they even build the pyramids? How did they build the Great Wall of China, right? How do they, how the hell did any of this stuff happen? Like, you just, realize how the miracle of life in itself is like whoa like we are really really lucky to be alive there's some statistics out there i'm totally butchering this but you, you've heard of gary vaynerchuk right he's a pretty popular um entrepreneur i would say with with a huge social media presence he's always preaching about one in 400 million or something like that that's the odds that you have as a single cell organism like you know a sperm or egg or embryo whatever to, be, to become fertilized, to be a human being. One in 400 million, that's the odds of you existing. You existing today biologically as a, as a human being. And it just kind of kind of takes a step back, you know, makes you think, wow, like I had one in a 400 million chance to be to exist today as a person. Like, take a step back and maybe don't complain about the traffic that you have today. Don't complain about the argument you have today with your coworker or your 
your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your parents, right? And just take a step back and realize how grateful you, you can be or you, you ought to be to even have the opportunity to live, to enjoy life, to even have your own thoughts, to even be, be able to have the freedom to do what you want to do or go after what you want. See, that's the mystery. You know, you wonder, why, why me? One out of 400 million. You know, that, that's kind of like an example. Really, really meta, but an example of how you take a step back and you realize the mystery. It's like, how is this all actually happening? That's, at least that's how I interpreted it. Yeah, no, I think that's a great way to interpret it. And I would interpret it in a very, very similar way. I think you hit on a very important topic is learning to detach yourself from those emotions. Um, and when you do so, you can really observe how extraordinary every little thing is, right? How you can marvel at the creations that are around us in this world. But when you're only caught in desire, you're seeing with your two eyes, you see the difference between this and that, you get only caught in what it is that you're actually looking for. You start to get caught in this emotional attachment towards something specific and you only see what manifests in front of you rather than able to marvel at the miracle. The miracle. The miracle of being present. Yeah, that, that, that's an amazing one, man. I think being that I brought that, brought that up as my challenge, I think that was a really good line to kind of reflect on. It's, it's a really good yeah. line. I might get that tattooed on my left arm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I think that that's, that's such a good reminder, though, you know? Perspective. It gives you a lot of perspective. Yeah. I mean, what are what do you think are just some things or desires that you're holding on to right now? You know, the the good old fashioned climbing the corporate ladder, you know, trying to not necessarily impress other people, but thinking that you have to be in a higher position of power to justify your self worth. Maybe having more more of a status, you know, within within seeking validation from your peers, you know, what you work for, what you strive for as a the ultimate definition of success or achievement. Mm -hmm. But going back, maybe achievement isn't just a title, right? Maybe achievement isn't just the paycheck that you get at the end of the week or the end of the month. Maybe achievement is, at the end of the day, making everyone that you are involved with at work or in life or whatever it is better than they were without you, right? If you can maybe make your workplace more enjoyable, if you can maybe make your coworkers more motivated and inspired, if you can unify a bunch of people that are pitting themselves against each other, I think that in itself is a form of achievement. You might not be able to show for it on paper, you know? Your superiors might not be able to recognize that directly or immediately. But at the end of the day, if you can detach yourself from the desire and just observe, you know, the wonders or the mystery mm -hmm. of what you're able to accomplish, I think that will will ultimately help free you in some in some sense, I think. Have you seen the movie Groundhog Day? You know, I've heard so much about it. Is it, is it the one where, where the person just repeats the day over and over again? And they each time he repeats it. You know, I've, I've never actually really watched the movie in completion, but I've heard about it so much. It's such a famous movie. Yeah, I had a spiritual teacher 
ask me that question. It's like, have you seen Groundhog Day? And I'm like, yeah, like I've seen Groundhog Day. And he was like, in that movie, it's just like the Tao and it's about life. Every day we live the same day in and out, in and out. You wake up, you eat, you sleep, or you go to work and then you sleep mm-hmm. and then you recycle, right? Mm-hmm. It's like Groundhog Day. You live the same day over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until he lived um, his life um, that he was that he met every person he helped everyone that he came across that he learned how to play the piano that he did almost everything you humanly could do in a single dang day and realize that wow in one day there is this much extraordinary things that can happen and the next day when he was able to actualize that and be fully present in each moment that he broke through Groundhog Day, that he broke through that cycle of life because he realized how special every single moment was. He broke through taking things for granted. Taking things for granted. Which is focusing on the manifestations. Correct. So you have to free yourself from desire to realize the mystery. I think it kind of comes back to that. And I think it was a pretty interesting analogy and a really great reminder um for that specifically um, yeah i think what makes this hard is the emotion aspect that we talk about mm-hmm. we're we're all bound by our form of emotions one way shape or another but i think that for me at least looking at myself the hardest part is detaching emotion mm-hmm. from the equation mm-hmm. you know but I mean, do you find it hard for you to detach emotion or how do you detach emotions from the outcome? Mm, I used to be very attached to my emotion. Mm-hmm. I still am. I think I'd be arrogant to say that I'm not. Um, but I think what really helps is meditation and setting intentional time to do self-reflection on your day um, of uh, observing as a third party in your head of the passing thoughts that you have which really helps it sounds a bit meta I know we use that word a lot but it's do like you, do you journal by chance I do journal as well and I, I can talk about that as well but I do I do both of those so for meditation you can do a very simple sitting meditation and this is what I practice um, I almost do this every day sit down uh, on a yoga mat, right? A little bit of back support because, I don't know, you're, you're like really hard, support. like literally hardcore meditators say that you're not supposed to have a back support, but I kind of have a back support because I just feel like comfortable that way. Um, this is a small back support. I sit there and then I start focusing on breathing and then I just let my mind run free. Um, I just start, I, don't, I, I really don't care what I think about at this moment in time. I just think like anything that comes into my mind, I just observe or I just say like, okay, now Kevin is thinking about this. So you go into third person. Yeah. Like do you do with your eyes closed or open? Uh, half open, half closed. And I'm like looking down. Um, and I just observe my thoughts and I see like, oh, this is where Kevin's mind is going. And then you just observe it. Like you're sitting there 
like watching traffic pass by, right? And then that practice alone just already kind of builds that muscle to see your thought process and pattern from a third party. And I realized when I started practicing that in the moments in which I feel angry, I'm able to see myself as a third person and ask myself, oh, Kevin's getting angry now. Why, why is he feeling this way? Where is this coming from? Does this really matter? And then, holy crap! And then, like <laughs> all of that, really, that it just happens almost instantaneously. Those process of question asking, and then you're like, "Oh, it's it'll solve itself." And then I just, or oh, this is all I need to do. Like, oh, I just needed to say this, and then it becomes like you you instantly break through that pattern. I'm not saying I can do this every time. I'm not like right. to that level of enlightenment so to speak but i think it's been really helpful to do that and detach yourself from your thoughts by just exercising that muscle and observing your thoughts from a third party perspective so two questions for you yeah when you're having that internal dialogue with yourself Mm -hmm. how deep does it usually get or how deep can it get um is it like a back and forth of multiple dialogues or it's really just two three trains of thoughts and then it's cleared it depends. Uh, it, it's always. It depends on what's going on in my life. Sometimes I'll wake up and I kind of don't want to sit down and meditate, but I'm like, I probably should. This is when I need to do it the most, and just sit down. And I start thinking. Sometimes nothing comes to my mind because I'm like, I always do it in the morning, and I'm a little tired, so like my brain's not really running with a lot of different stuff already, and so I just sit there. You know, if nothing goes by my mind, then I observe the nothingness. But you, observe, you, you just try to observe the nothingness, right? And then that's it, you know? And then if anything else does come up... That's a skill in itself. I don't think a lot of people can just sit there and just, just take nothingness. But something always pops up, right? Eventually. And something always pops up. So, like, even when it's super quiet, you can hear a white noise. Like it's like a white noise that you can hear when it's very quiet and it's always there. And then you start saying like, oh, Kevin's now observing this white noise. Interesting. Or, oh, I can observe this bird. And then you start thinking about a bird and then you think about, oh, I wonder what kind of bird it is. Oh, now Kevin's curious about this bird. And then you just start like observing your thoughts in a way where it's like, okay, like you kind of see it you know, go. And it's just more of a practice of how do I detach myself from my thoughts? You're just not always in your head in a way you're stepping back and looking at what's going on inside your head. Exactly. So going back to the second question, I asked the first one, which is how deep can the thoughts go? Mm -hmm. The second question I wanted to ask you is in once you're done meditating, when you carry on with your everyday day to day life, Mm -hmm. right? Say you come up with something that causes you to feel a certain way, maybe irritated or angry or maybe jealous or maybe just frustrated. Are you able, because you practice that muscle, are you able to in the moment on the spot, sometimes able to just take a step back in that moment of frustration or emotion and just detach yourself right there and then? Yeah, it's crazy because I start to not feel that emotion anymore. So mm-hmm. like what normally would trigger you, trigger me would be like okay what's this situation 
and then how do I, what's the source of the problem and what are we trying to accomplish here? And we'll get that done. It becomes so much, it almost gets to a point where it's just like, you just don't feel it anymore. He said, she said, they said, it's just about how do we, it, it is what it is. How do we get from point A to point B? Yeah. It, it's just almost like you observe it as, Hey, this is, this is all it is. So like, when you get, I think as you practice that muscle, it becomes more so less about observing your emotion. It becomes more so about observing the situation, the situation. and detaching yourself from it than creating the most effective way to Dude, navigate it. I can't tell you how important of a skill that is. Yeah. Um, observing a situation. Because you, know, you hear me talk about this with you all the time. You see things as they are. Mm-hmm. Do not see things better than they are, and do not see things worse than they are. Right? I talk about this sometimes, and I think that's kind of what you're you're alluding to when you detach yourself from the situation. Because what happens with the alternatives alternative is if you don't, then you fall into this trap of of maybe it's better than it actually is. You need to be careful, or maybe you need to be more optimistic. It's not as bad as it is. You know. Sometimes it causes, I find myself also in, in times of high stress situations, like I'm very prone to panicking back, back then. I would say I'm still to some extent stressed. I wouldn't say panic, but stress. But what's helped me kind of detach from getting as stressed about the situation is I ask myself a very simple question. It's a, it's a two, two-step question. Question one is A. Is the circumstance I'm facing something that I can change or that I cannot change? I have this mind map, right? If it is something that I can change, then the second question I have to ask myself is, what do I need to do to make that change? What do I need to do right now? What is the next steps to make the change? Alter the outcome. But if I go back to question one and the answer that the first question is no, Nothing that you can do or force is going to change the outcome of what's going to happen mm-hmm. or what's happened is already happened and there's no reversing it, right? Then there becomes not a second step because if you cannot do anything about it, you know, you need to just learn to let it go, detach yourself from it emotionally. Mm-hmm. Right. Those are good questions. Those are good questions. Yeah. It's kind of like a mind map. Um, kind of what you're doing when you meditate is having a mind map. And I think that's the second one is the hardest one. Most people, okay, there's a problem and I can do something about it. But more often than not, if they're responsible or they care about the outcome, they'll do something to change it. Mm-hmm. The part that causes so much stress for a lot of people, myself included, is that second part where there is a problem, but I cannot identify the reality, which is I cannot change it. Mm-hmm. Right? And I keep worrying about it. Or maybe... You keep worrying about it, and that problem is not going anywhere. It's going to stay right there. You're draining your energy. You're draining your time when you could be focusing on other problems that you could do something about. Hmm. You know, I'm trying to think of an example. I don't know if you could think of an example that that's like something that's that's an issue, or but you can't you can't change right now. I, I would build on what you that statement or that question is is like sometimes we overestimate what we can control. That's a good one. Right. Um, and so sometimes I ask myself another question. Like we think we're so important that we're entitled to take on that, 
that problem. Mm-hmm. That, uh, so I, I guess kind of what I was alluding to was more of like, we overestimate what we can control. Um, but it's also important to ask yourself, well, what could you control? What actions can you control to increase the probability of outcome? Right? Right. So I think a lot of things, there's only one thing that's 100% certain is that everything is not 100% certain, right? right? That's the only 100% certain statement, right? Nothing is certain. Yeah, nothing is certain. That's the only 100% certain thing, which is kind of contradictory. Um, but when you see it that way, it's like, what could I do to increase the outcome to the best of my ability? And then also asking another question while having fun doing it. Mm-hmm. right so it's like you can always be about like solving problems and stuff but it's also like well how can you enjoy doing this in the meanwhile right like how can i make this somewhat fun rather than focusing on solving the problem because what if you can solve the problem while having fun i don't know i heard that i heard that question i'm still working on that myself but it's like what if you add that part to your question how can i solve this problem while having fun that is very interesting. I never thought of it that way. Yeah, because imagine if you did. How much would that change the outcome when you're solving that problem while having fun? And the amount of creative juices that can flow from that, I think, is a powerful question in itself. I think that's a really good point that you brought up. It, it frees you up. Mm-hmm. There's not this ultimatum of if I fail, I'm, just, I'm like, oh, crap. I'm like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. But if it's like, how do I make this fun? Is almost assumptive, like assumptive in that this is going to get resolved, but how can I do resolve this even more creative way or free-flowing way, right? Or a way that can excite me, maybe excite the the stakeholders at hand mm-hmm. in this circumstance. Is there an example where you've, you've maybe come up with a, a source of, of problem or a circumstance and you were able to incorporate I guess the element of fun while resolving the issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it could be even something as little as like, um, like you're super tired and you're exhausted. You don't want to do something or work on certain things, but then you're like, oh well, if I have to work on these inevitably, why don't I do this while I'm in the jacuzzi or something? Mm-hmm. So. I could be relaxed in the jacuzzi and work on this thing at the same time. Right. <laughs> you know what or I something mean? Like that. You know, it's like something like that. Or like, uh, I mean, it, it could literally be anything, you know? It's like, it's true. Make it, make it, make it, make it a fun thing, you know? Um, oh, I need to go do research on uh, certain products in the market why don't I go um, shopping while I research this product and make it fun? Get some shopping done, you know, do some browsing and also learn about the product that you're researching. It could be something like that, but it's how you frame it in your mind, right? And it's like, oh, I just have to go there and do that for work versus like incorporating and building your life into it. It reframes the way that you look at things. Yeah. Yeah. 
that actually made me think of a, another small example, not so big, but mm-hmm. I have a nephew, right? He gets a little bit, he's a two-year-old, he gets a little bit rowdy, a little bit, uh, let's just say not cooperative with my brother and my sister-in-law. And sometimes instead of using the method where you scold him or maybe you discipline a kid, you can distract them. Maybe let's say, hey, let's go for a walk. You know, you're not having it at home. You're just, you're just really, really trying trying to destroy every single thing inside the house, knocking everything over, just screaming like a maniac. But maybe it's just because you need to release the energy. Mm-hmm. What if I can find a way that's healthy to get you to release the energy and also get you out of this space, right? So I'll probably sometimes walk into the swimming pool and just have him dip his toes in the pool. And then all of a sudden that distraction removes all of his original frustration right away. And he comes back rejuvenated, you know, distracted and completely forgot about the thing that he was upset about. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of like a way where you can have fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm gonna just walk you out, have a little, little breeze in my face myself, mm-hmm. you know, and just kind of turn off my brain mm-hmm. from what I'm doing for like 20 minutes. And yeah. he gets to remove himself from the the source of frustration for 20 minutes mm-hmm. and that's cool yeah yeah man not a big example but i guess that's an example of what you mean by yeah how do sure. i solve this in a fun way it could it, it could be anything you know what i mean it's all about how you frame it in your own mind and i think um i think making a game out of things is fun too 100 percent. maybe let's say you're in a metric driven workplace mm-hmm. instead of saying ah who's gonna hit goal maybe you tell your colleague like hey let's have a race whoever gets to the finish line is going to buy the other guy a gift at the end of this month mm-hmm. right a gift that you want you win i buy you a gift i win you buy me a gift there's this element of fun to it where it's like you know wow i got something nice it might not be something huge but it just feels like a compliment mm-hmm. and it feels like a friendly competition as opposed to maybe like no, like, you know, screw you. I need I need to be number one and I don't care whatever it takes. I'm going to destroy all of you, right? Get get to the top where I have to be and forget everyone else. It doesn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think gamifying things are, are also a, a definitely a great way to learn things. I mean, if you even think about the way that we learned the alphabet, it was made into a song, a, song. Yeah. a rhythm right a tune that helped us remember things games and tunes and songs definitely i think or images yeah Yeah. or images help us remember stuff um but you even brought it up groundhog day right Mm -hmm. the concept of of not taking things for granted living a single day to the fullest that was taught in the form of you know cinema right like a movie format movie Mm -hmm. format's entertaining yeah 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 that's true that's true yeah man well we talked about a lot in this podcast Uh, we went on a lot of tangents but i mean it's an interesting format i think um we'll probably title this something we'll probably maybe have more of these kinds of episodes as we go along just to kind of share and talk about random stuff and things that are going on in our lives and maybe it'll translate into something valuable um but yeah, I mean, if you guys enjoyed this, let us know what you guys think in the comments or leave us a review on what you think. Hopefully it's not a bad one. <laughs> uh, anything else you want to add, Steve? Um, you know, just going back to kind of the core theme of this episode, which is having perspective, you know, on things when, whenever you feel down or you feel 
you know, things aren't going my way or things look really bleak and very dark right now or very stressful, just take a step back and just have perspective of the bigger picture. And also practice, I guess, that ability to detach your emotions. You know, instead of instinctively going straight to your emotions, maybe reflect on why you have the emotions and see how you can diffuse it or detach it. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, once again, if you guys enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review. It does definitely help us get more visibility uh, in the podcast world. Uh, share it with your friends. We'd really appreciate that. Yes, and we'd really appreciate it. Until next time, we'll see you guys soon. Thank you, guys.